to Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. Have you got that? Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. We said Jericho is the picture of the first fruits. And there was a man called Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. He was rich and he wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because of the crowd. The church has a habit of preventing riches coming into the kingdom. God wants wealth to get to you. And it's not his problem. He's sending it to you. You're blocking it by the way that you think. So I must be connected to the flow last week. And now this week, I must learn how to increase the flow. So if I've got a, a four-inch pipe going to the Father, from him to me, the only limit between him and me is the size of the flow. If I increase that to an eight-inch pipe, so to speak, the flow is greater. It's not because God's giving me more. It's I'm able to receive more. The whole issue about receiving from God in blessing, whether it's healing, prosperity, is the way that you think. Once you're attached to God, if I can increase the way I think, he can increase the flow into my life. Your poverty or your need for breakthrough in finances comes down, first, if you've made him spiritual head, the second thing is it's all to do with the way that you think. So you can tithe and make God the spiritual head of your life, but if you've got a one-inch pipe between you and God, there's going to be a one-inch flow. And you go, God, but I'm tithing and I'm giving and I'm doing all these things, but there's no flow. And he would say, enlarge the way that you think. I can't get my blessing to you because your thinking is restricting what I want to do. Is this making sense to anybody? Nod your head if you're with me. So Zacchaeus ran ahead, climbed a tree to see Jesus because Jesus was going to pass that way. And Jesus came to the place. He looked up, saw Zacchaeus and said, make haste, I want to come to your house. And we know in this story that as Jesus spends time with Zacchaeus, he has a radical change in the way he sees himself and the way he sees money. You cannot spend time with God and in his word without getting a radical upgrade in the way that you think. So are you ready now? Turn with me to Luke 5 verse 1. We're going to hit it today. How many people want to increase flow of prosperity in their life? Amen. Thank you. All right. So it happened when the crowd was pressing about Jesus, listening to the word of God. Jesus was standing by the lake and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gone out, sounds like me, washing their nets because they'd got no fish. Reminds me of the day when about 20 men from Hope City Church hired a boat from St Kilda and we went out fishing all day. I think we caught one fish. I worked out that fish cost us about $1,600. I said to the boys, we would be better off just going to the fish and chip shop. Anyway, he got into one of the boats. Sorry, so they were washing their nets and Jesus got into one of the boats. When you see pictures like this, this is speaking to us about our heart. A boat is, in the, is a concave vessel. It's a picture of the heart. So 
Disciples, no success, no fish. And so Jesus says, I need to get inside them. Your lack of success or my lack of success is entirely based around what is going on inside us. It's not the economy. It's not lack of wage growth. It's not the government. It's not liberal labor. It's not tariffs. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Hillary Clinton. It's not global warming. It's not that you're a vegan. It's not that any of these things, you drink chai latte. It's got nothing to do with that. Have I covered all the bases? It's not even that you barrack for Brisbane Lions. So Jesus gets into their boat. And he asked them to put out a little way. And he sat down and began to teach people from the boat. If you're taking notes, we are shaped by two types of thinking. External thinking, what's happening around me. And internal thinking, what's happening inside me. Based on the external, in this story, Peter's saying there is no fish. Is he correct? There were no fish. He looked around, he fished all night, and he came to the conclusion, in this lake, there is no fish, and I'm out of here. But Jesus knew internally that there were fish in the lake. How is it that one man can fish and get nothing, and another man can fish and get an overflow? How is it that one man can, or one woman can prosper in a downturn and another one can lose everything? So Jesus got inside Peter's heart so Peter could begin to think differently about the lake. Whatever you perceive inside yourself eventually will become your reality. If you believe there are no fish, if you believe you're not smart, if you believe you're not meant to be wealthy, if you believe you're supposed to work all your life and scrape up just enough to survive, whatever it is that you perceive inside yourself will become your reality. If you believe that God doesn't want to bless you, if you believe that he's hard on you, that will become your reality. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you've restricted the flow of God in your life. God's not your problem. It's unlimited here. Your issue is the way that you think. Hello? The Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside out. If you can change what's on the inside of you, if you can upgrade the sides of the pipe, you upgrade everything that comes to you. I'm convinced that if every single person here and those that can hear my voice could have an upgrade in the way they think, untold wealth could be yours. I've discovered that wealth has got nothing to do with IQ or even how hard you work. It's all to do with the way that you think. James 1.7, this is getting good, isn't it? says, let not... A man, suppose he will receive anything from the Lord who is a double-minded man. If your core beliefs inside are wrong, you create a resistant force to prosperity. If your core beliefs are wrong, you, you are creating a resistant force to prosperity. It's, It's pushing it away from you. 
On the outside, you say, oh, yes, I want wealth. I'd love to be rich. Oh, of course, I believe that God wants to bless me. But on the inside, you don't believe it can happen. And James says you're a double-minded man. You can't receive anything from God because with your mouth you say something, but your core beliefs, when the rubber hits the road, when the pressure comes, when the choices have to be made, when the thoughts come to your head, the, when, when all that comes to the surface, what's on the inside will dictate what comes to you or what doesn't come to you. Your outer world will always align to your core beliefs. If you want to know what you think inside about prosperity, about God's desire to bless you, look at your world around you. Oh, I don't like that. Well, the good thing today is that you can change that. You're not left on your own. You're connected to the flow of God. There is a resource called God who is unlimited in capacity. And he says, if you will begin to think my thoughts, I will increase the flow or there will be an increased flow from me to you and you to me. There will be this unending flow. It's all about your core values. I see parents that may have come across hard times And they have this conviction that they'll never own a house, they'll never get by, and so those convictions are now driving all the decisions they make for their life. They spend more money on their kids than a wealthy person does because their core values are all out of whack and it's sabotaging their world around them. I say it's a bit like a bucket with holes. You Remember, I've used that illustration that you can have a bucket and... uh, If you could imagine a bucket here and I put holes all around the bucket, halfway up the bucket, you could pour as much water as you like into that bucket. But when it reaches those holes, the level is not going to go any higher. Those holes in the bucket are the core values that you have, the way you think about God and money. It's not God's flow. You've got a bucket with holes. Your core values need to be adjusted. You need to start seeing things the way God sees them. You need to begin to think the thoughts of the wealthy and not the poor. Peter, you're missing opportunities because what's inside you is not ready to participate with the miracle. Did you hear that? Peter, you are missing opportunities because what's inside you is not ready to participate with the miracle. There was fish in the lake. We know the story because we read the end. He catches fish. More fish than he can imagine. The same person. What's changed from Peter version 1 to Peter version 2? Jesus got in his boat and began to teach him deep in his heart about the truth of the kingdom. Peter, what's inside you is preventing you from participating in the miracle. Your breakthrough is not because God is holding back. It's what's inside you is preventing you from participating in the miracle. That's good news today. Look at me. Look at me. Do you want to be wealthy? I want to be wealthy. I want to be a resource to my children. I don't want to have to worry about money. When God says go, I want to be able to go and not think about the money. I want to be able to bless people. I want to be able to do all sorts of things. I want to be an influence in this city. 
But I realize unless I change what's inside me, I'm not going to be able to participate in the miracle that God wants to bring to my life. If it's God who's the problem, if God's prevented the fish coming to the lake, if he breathed on the lake and killed all the fish, we've got a problem. But it's not God, it's Peter. And it's you. Say with me, I need to change. I'm glad you agree with me today. I need to change too. Because there's 30, 60, 100, and even a thousandfold in the Bible. These are all levels of upgrades in our thinking. So you don't get to 30 and think, well, well, I've made 30 times today. I've made 30 times my wage in a day. That's great. Thank you for that. Okay. But that's not where I stop. I need overflow. I need more and more. I can't change the world with 30 times my wage. I need 60, 100, and 1,000. And then some. You know, that sounds very greedy, Andrew. No. It's your beliefs that narrow the flow. See, if God gave you a big idea, you'd take it and make it small. (laughs) I say it to myself. If God gave me a big idea today, I'd take it and make it small in some areas. He wants to land his jumbo jet on a landing that's built for a Cessna. And so they have to, the angels have to say, no, God, don't bring the jumbo jet here. If you bring it down here, something's going to give. You'll blow him up. And so God has to redirect the jumbo jet to a man or woman that has a landing suitable for a jumbo jet. And it was, God was bringing you opportunities. See, he said, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that you won't be able to contain it. The issue is not, see, when you connect to a flow, it's not the limit of the flow. The issue is whether you're able to receive the flow. So we've got to provide the right environment for a God idea to take root. You know, Mark 4 is all about this. The, The same seed, listen, there's a seed that comes that's planted on good ground and it produces how much? How much? A hundredfold. 30, 60, 100. The same seed is planted over here in an unbelieving Christian's heart and it's strangled, it's taken out by weeds, it can't even begin to grow. The birds of the air take it out. See, those birds are a picture of the enemy. He comes and says, that thought's not from God. He doesn't want to bless you. God's not into prosperity. Don't listen to that preacher. He's telling you a bunch of lies. You've just lost your God idea. He's trying to bring big ideas to you. But the problem is if he brought them to you, reduce them down to your size. So we have a little trickle from God. Thank God for the miracle this week. Now, I'm not being demeaning. But I, I, I needed $30 to pay my rent and it came. God made a way. And we all go, thank you, God. And that's great to start. But the true testimony should be, thank God today that I own my house. And I gave away $30 to someone that needed money for their rent. He says, you'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You'll lend and not borrow. That's what it says in my Bible. 
Any idea contrary to your belief system will not be accepted or acted upon. It will be rejected. See, you don't realize this half the time. Listen carefully, because it's in your subconscious, and we'll talk about this later. God is bringing ideas to you, but subconsciously, you are rejecting them before they even take root. It's not even a conscious decision sometimes. Sometimes it is, but other times, God is aligning you with opportunities, and because what's inside you is all out of kilter, it's repelling them before they ever come. Are you getting this? That means that there are opportunities from God that I'm not even aware about that I am sabotaging. If you don't believe in prosperity, God can't speak to you about it. For he will not overrule your mind. Because he said to the children of Israel, you limited me in the, in the wilderness. So I couldn't do anything with you. Yeah. You did it. You shut me out. You went around in circles. It was never my intention. All right. So we become like a living magnet. We draw to ourselves all the resources and the people that we need to fulfill what we expect in life. If you expect great, you'll draw great. You'll draw opportunities. So it, it becomes like, as I said, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You draw what you believe to expect in your life. If you expect nothing, if you expect hardship for the rest of your life deep inside, that is what you draw. And you go, I wonder why. That man, that woman in church, it seems like everything they do is blessed. And that person over there, it seems like everything they touch falls apart. Did you ever wonder that growing up in church? Was it only me? Does anybody wonder that? Do you, do you look? Do you observe? Do you question? Or do you just come to church? No. It's like, God, what's going on? You're the same God for Jen as you are, for Karen as you are, for Hayden. You're, you're in no respecter of persons. So what's going on? It's a good question. The Bible clearly teaches us that we have to sow with our conscious mind that we meditate on the law day and night. And as we sow to the Spirit, as we read the Word, as we begin to commune with God, things start to go from our conscious mind into our innermost being. We're not just parroting. We begin by reading and and. and and looking at scripture, and we know it in our mind, but something as we meditate and we continue on begins to shift deep inside. I've seen that. I began reading about the hundredfold return, and at the start, it was all here. And that's where it starts. Oh, there's a hundredfold return in the Bible. Oh, I'm going to meditate on that. Think about that. And the more I did, the more that concept, because we are a living epistle, that, that whole concept of the hundredfold return became a part of who I was. I wasn't just quoting a verse, I'd become the verse. And do you know what happened then? I began to attract opportunities and outcomes that signified to me that's who I was. People started to tell me, you're a hundredfold man who never knew me. Hundredfold opportunities began to come to me. 
Paul says that we are renewed in the spirit of our mind. It goes from here deep into here. Wealthy thoughts, prosperity thoughts, not just here, but they begin to come right down deep inside. I was telling some of our staff and interns during the week that I've had some interesting discussions with God about his lack of communication with me. I said, God, I'm a pastor, just in case you don't know. And I feel, just it's fair to say, that I don't think you talk enough to me. I do a lot of talking, but I don't get much in return. And if I feel that way, what are my flock like? Maybe they're more godly than me, but I suppose, Lord, that I may have it up on some of them, maybe. And if I feel this way, what's going on? Has anyone ever thought about that, that you can spend a whole day and God doesn't speak to you? Like, you, you feel his presence, but you don't sit here, right, Andrew, turn left, <laughs> go down that road. There's going to be a woman with a yellow coat. She's going to hand you a $100 bill. <laughs> I want you to walk down to the ASX and I want you to invest in the stock code. So said, God, why don't you speak to me as much as I speak to you? What's going on here? And I felt God began to lead me on this journey of, of the fact that as I've been meditating on him, now hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying, more of him has become more of me. His nature's gone deep from my mind and it's now rooted in my core belief. I've become a son. I think he's thought. So I don't need to say, God, what are you thinking? Because he says, I'm thinking what you're thinking because you think what I think. So I said, it's like the example of Karen. When I go down to the restaurant and I look at the menu and there's bacon and fries on one side and on the other side there's kale and salad. <laughs> I don't need to ring Karen and say, what should I pick? I hear her voice because she's trained me <laughs> through constant repetition to make good healthy choices, right. which sometimes I obey. So we become that. His mind, his ways come deep inside, inside us. So we begin to think wealthy thoughts because that's who he is. And I've discovered that God still speaks about the things that we don't know or understand. But a lot of the silence is because he assumes he has already taught us how to think right. and how to choose. And I look at circumstances and I can see what God sees. I can see I need to go A and not B, and I don't even hear his voice because I've become accustomed to the way he sees the world. That's right. yeah. really he said to me, if I spoke to you every single day as much as you spoke to me, I'd drive you mad, <laughs> and you'd never grow up. You're a son now. He, Jesus rebuked the disciples because they kept wanting Jesus to repeat himself. He does a miracle and they don't change because of the miracle. Then they want him to give the same story again. And he says, Are you, do you not understand? Do you not get it? I've already told you. Having you become the outcome of that miracle. Did that miracle just happen, but it didn't integrate into your life. So now when you see the same circumstance, you see how I see and you don't need me to speak. Yeah. Are you getting this? So we can begin to survey all of life and know this 
is what my father would do. And I still need to hear his voice. I still long to hear his voice. But I'm not addicted to his voice to make decisions because I've become the decision. I've become the answer. I've become a, a, a living epistle. Does that make sense? And so I begin to take his thoughts. I begin to see life. I see opportunities because that's how he would see. So very quickly, before we close, I want to give you some things to show you about how wealthy people think. Are you ready? Four things about how wealthy people think. And integrate that into the kingdom and I'll help you. Number one, how do the wealthy think about money? How does God think about money? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to do like a opposing views between the poor and the wealthy. And again, this is not to beat people up at poor. I've been there. Okay, this is not to say if you don't have a lot, you're worthless and God doesn't love you. This is just showing you through decisions you can step from one to another. Is that okay? So please hear my heart. Don't leave here feeling beaten up because that's not my intention. It's to show you that by decisions you can step from one realm to another. All right. The poor see money as a way to get things. The wealthy see money as a way to invest. The poor see money as a way to get things. If you give a poor person 100 bucks, they think, I'm now going to buy a $100 toy or $100 worth of lollies. You put $100 in a wealthy man's or wealthy woman's hand and they immediately think, how can I invest this? God is always into investment. Read what Jesus said in the parables. He gives talents to people and he says, do business till I come. Don't bury it, invest it and multiply it. The poor buy out of lack, the wealthy buy out of their abundance. So the wealthy wait till they have something before they buy it. The poor, they buy it out of their lack straight away. As soon as the poor get extra money, they look to spend it. The wealthy... When they get extra money, they look to invest it. The poor say, it's only a few dollars. What's the big deal? But the rich look at that one dollar and they see, not how they can spend it, but they look at that dollar and they see potential. Did you hear that? That's how God created the wealthy to think. They look at a dollar and they see potential. Here's an apple. It's a nice apple. We look at that apple and we ask ourselves, how many apples are in this hand? How many apples am I holding? No, wrong. So that's how the poor think. They eat it, they consume it, they have pleasure, and it's gone. But the rich don't look at that. They say, how many apples are in this, in this hand? Well, if I open up the apple, and we do the same with the tomato. It's probably a better example because you don't eat apple seeds. Well, you can, but probably best you don't. You might grow an apple tree inside. <laughs> but the rich look at that apple and they say, if I take out all the seeds and plant them, I'll get, I could possibly get a thousand apples. And if I take all those apples on the tree and I take the seed out of them and I plant it again, I could get maybe a hundred thousand apples. How many apples are in the, tr- in the hand? Well, it depends. Depends on how you invest it. Depends on what you do with it. See, the problem is not what's in your hand. That's never been your issue. The problem is what you do with what's in your hand. You've already made enough money in your lifetime to be a multi, multi, multi gazillionaire. All of you. It's what you do with what's in your hand. 
If I see what the apple can produce, it makes me think twice before I eat the apple. The poor think about money and the wealthy think about money in two different ways. Money. Number two, investing. The wealthy see investing as a priority. They are constantly reading, studying, and learning all they can about investing. The rest glance at the business section as they make their way to the sports and to the fashions section. And they read the rest, all the sport. They're up to date with every, every statistic. They know it all, but they've glanced at the business section and they know nothing about what's going on in the world. If I ask them today what the price of gold is, they'd have no idea. If I ask them what the rate of the Australian dollar is against the US dollar, they could not tell me. They are oblivious. If you think like the 5%, then very soon you'll be part of the 5%. If you think like the 95%, you'll stay like the 95%. The average American reads one book a year. The average wealthy person reads two books every week. Think about that. A hundred versus one, there's your hundredfold blessing. Daniel was ten times wiser than all his companions. Think about that God's given us the manifold wisdom of the kingdom. He's given us access to his mind, his thoughts. So as we read and we study and we make ourselves, and we're going to speak in two weeks' time when I'm on again, about identifying your field for your return. And it's an amazing concept about how we do that and what God does in your field. But God's given us wisdom and understanding. We have Christ in us. Jesus knows everything. The beginning from the end. Holy Spirit within us, he says, I'll show you things to come. You don't have to be clever. You just need to be reliant on him. You need to read and study what's around you. And then you need to go to him and say, God, open my eyes to see. Cause me, if you were standing right here with what I have, what would you do to be a success? And he will show you. Number three, what does the wealthy think about jobs? I'm glad you asked. The poor think, if I get a better job, I'll be rich. The wealthy think, if I lost all my money, finding a great job would not be my priority. The wealthy would be looking for their next, next investment. And in fact, if the wealthy lost all their money, they would get a job, but it would only be as a means to give them seed for their next investment. The poor are looking for their job to make them rich. If I had a better job, better pay, but you know what you've done? You've just put God in a big, big box and you've limited him. You said if I can earn another $10,000 a year, I'll be happy. And God says, really? How do I multiply your life? If I rain down, uh, bring rain from heaven on you, what would it do? How could I multiply you with that mindset? If you're just looking to your job as a means of success, what can I do in your life to help you? Your boss may not like you. So what does God do then? He may not want to give you a promotion. So what does God do then? How does he rain on you? Because you've given him no place to prosper and multiply you. The wealthy see money as a seed to be sown. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. 
The rich believe that money works for us. The poor believe we work for money. Did you hear that? The rich believe that money works for us. The poor believe that we work for money. And if you've got a mindset that says, I've got to work harder, I've got to get a better job, I've got to push, I've got to exert more energy, then you've just put yourself in the category of the poor and in a position where it's very difficult for God to multiply you. But the wealthy know that money works for me. When I'm asleep at night, I am prospering. My money is multiplying. When I go on holidays, I can be sitting in a chair and my net wealth is going up by the hour and I'm doing nothing because I've given God something to multiply. You may not hear this in church very often, but you need to hear it because God wants to multiply you and bless this church and cause us to be a blessing. We have Hope City Mission that's crying out always for more funds. They've got more problems to solve than you can imagine. And it just needs more finances, resources, more money. We can put more people on. We can employ more people. We can have people working day and night to help the poor, getting them out of, out of all sorts of addictions and places where their money's been stolen from them. There is no end to what we could do if you would earn more money and allow God to bless you and multiply you. You've got to think different. You definitely got to think different. You know, I'm too old for that sort of stuff, Andrew. Well, really? Just go and read this. And I don't have time to to talk about it, but read the story of Colonel Sanders. He was old. And he went from door to door. Then I'm telling him the story. Until he got his breakthrough and became a wealthy man. You're not too old. You're not too set in your ways. You've got to leave this place and say, I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to open up my mind so God can pour out opportunities and favors. So when he talks, there's a reference. So when God says to me, I know my field. And when God says to me, Andrew, so in your field in X, Y, Z, I know exactly what he's talking about. I've studied my field in the natural and I've learned to to think like God thinks about the economy. I learned to hear when God says to do something. So when he speaks, I can be multiplied. Yeah, that's really good. And you've got to do the same. If I can do it, you can do it. Do you know my last name means son of prosperity? McGrath, son, graph, grace, prosperity. It's laughable. Because when I look at my family tree... It's like son of the poor one. You know, if we had money, you ask my mum in, in, in our family line, my father's family line, if he gave them a buck, they'd spend it and some. You put money in their hand, they've got a gift to lose it, to spend it. And, and it's God investing in assets that decrease rather than multiply. It was our gift. And yet we were, had a DNA from God to be prosperous. See, that's the story of the church. We are sons of God, sons of the prosperous one, sons and daughters of the Most High God. In our DNA is blessing and increase. The kingdom of God is an ever-increasing kingdom. And yet for the majority of the church, we've had such small minds and the, and the world loves to keep us contained. And when one of us breaks out and is successful, they criticize us and we run back into our hole. I say to the world, we are meant, we are called to be the head and not the tail. And we will not bow down. Number four, the wealthy take risks. Many don't take risks because they're afraid they fail. The, risk, the rich take risks. 
Robert, is it Kiyosaki? He said that nine out of ten businesses fail. So the poor say, oh, that's not good. The odds are stacked against us. There's a 90% chance that we will fail. Do you know what the wealthy say? We can't help but succeed. I only have to make ten businesses and one of them will succeed. God wants us in a place where he can do something with us. I, 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 I rebuke people that have become settled. And there's no element of faith in your life. I'm not saying take stupid risks. You've got to know what God is saying. You've got to, be, you've got to educate yourself. But there's got to be a dimension of faith yeah. in your life for more. Number five, this is the last one, time. Talked about money, about investing. We talked about jobs and risk and time. To the wealthy, time is their most valuable asset. The poor, money is their most valuable asset. That's why poor people will squabble over 10 cents and they'll, they'll go back and they'll argue because they were ripped off $1 and they'll spend an hour over it because they're poor. And their most valuable asset is their money, not their time. For the wealthy, their most valuable asset is their time. Yeah. The wealthy says, I can get more money, I can never get more time. So that's why the poor look at the wealthy man who's got a gardener mowing his front lawn, maids come in and they wash and clean the house, and they say, what a wicked waste. If I had their money, I would never do that. I would mow the lawn myself and clean the house myself. And that's why you're poor. Because your most valuable asset is your time. Sorry, is your money, not your time. The wealthy say, with the time that I've saved, not knowing the lawn, I can spend that one hour educating myself, praying in the Holy Ghost, looking for opportunities that will pay for that one hour over and over and over again. Now, you don't start off that way. You have to mow the lawn yourself when you begin. But that's the object of the game is to allow myself the maximum time to educate myself and multiply myself. I and time are the most valuable asset. So the next time you're tempted to go into the shop and to spend three hours arguing over a dollar refund, think again. <laughs> so as we close, Luke 5, for when Jesus finished speaking to Simon, he said, launch out the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. Peter said, Lord, we've worked all night. We've caught nothing. But because you've taught us, because you've spoken to us, because of your word, we're going to let down our nets for a catch. Now listen carefully before we close. The fish were always there. It wasn't until Peter changed the way he thought that a miracle came. You are sitting right now on the lake of unlimited opportunity. Look at me. You are sitting on a lake of unlimited opportunity. You go, well, that's, that's not true, Andrew. I've been fishing all night and I've caught nothing. I said, you are sitting on the lake of unlimited opportunity. That's what Jesus said to Peter. Let me get in your boat. Let me upgrade the way you think and you'll go back to the same spot where you failed and you'll get such a harvest, it'll blow your mind. Right beliefs attract fish. Did you hear that? The way I think attracts fish. Bad thinking repels fish. 
when you read this story in your own time again, I want you to remember this. If I change the way I think, if I meditate on God and let his thoughts become my thoughts, become integrated with him, if I study where he wants me to move and invest, I will begin to see opportunities I've never seen before. So I want you to make a commitment to change what's inside you. I need you to do that, church. I need big people in this church. And you're it. There's no, there's no one else. You're it. Mark, you're it. It's all, it's all up to you, mate. And Steve, it's up to you. I need you to think big. I need you to see that there's so much more for your life. And I know by the Spirit of God, He's been stretching you. And there's limitations that... Life is put upon you, but they're about to be smashed. God's upgrading, and all this stirring and stretching in your heart is God at work. Jesus has been in your boat, and there's fish in those waters. Wow. Amen? Amen? I'm going to begin to think like a wealthy person. I'm going to begin to think God's thoughts so I can have his ways. I'm going to change what's in my heart so I change what comes into my life. And I'm asking today, Holy Spirit, for every single person, that you would upgrade the way they think. That they would go from Egypt where it's less than enough to the wilderness where there's just enough to the promised land where there's more than enough. I'm asking, Father, increase the way that they think. Cause them to see how you see. Enlarge every person. For those who look at their future and they see no hope of change, that they're never going to own a house, they're never going to have excess, they're never going to have multiplication. I'm asking today, Father, would you come by your Spirit and just so begin to shake their world so they begin to believe for more. I'm asking in this house, for those who hear my voice today, that you would increase the way that they think. I'm asking that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Quicken them by your Spirit and cause them to think like you think. In Jesus' name. Why don't you lift your hands? Father, I'm asking for an upgrade in their minds in the name of Jesus. No longer the same. Increase them. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said amen.